Thank you for listening to the Adult Explore the Bible Leader Training Podcast. This podcast is designed to help teachers prepare to lead a Bible study group using LifeWay's Explore the Bible adult resources. Each week, we review the Bible passage for that week's study. We examine some questions teachers may face and give some teaching tips along the way. I'm Dwayne McCurry, your host, and today I'm being joined by Mike Livingston. You'll remember Mike was with us for session one. He's one of the content editors in the Adult Explore the Bible team. Mike, thank you for being back with us this week. It's great to be here again. Thanks. Uh, we're going to be looking at session six of our study of Job and Ecclesiastes. We've moved through Job pretty pretty well here these last uh, five weeks. We've looked at a variety of things, looked at the conversations between his friends. Uh, Elihu has, has, has made himself known. All those type of things have happened. And now uh, Job has challenged God uh, to say something, to speak up. And so here in chapter 40, verses 1 through 14, uh, God speaks finally. He's been silent uh, through the, this conversation with Job and his friends, and now he's going to break, break into the conversation, and he's going to confront uh, a Job. Uh, we're looking at verses 1 through 14 of chapter 40. Our outline follows these three themes or topics. The first one is correct me. The second one is question my justice. And the third one is save yourself. Those are all in question. So correct me, question my justice, save yourself. Those, those would be the ways that would be termed. In verses one through five, correct me, we see God challenging Job to explain his credentials to correct God. This leads Job to admit that he could not do anything more than what he had already said. The main point of that section is that believers can be assured that God knows more about them and their circumstances than they know about their circumstances. The second section, verses six through nine, where we have this idea of question my justice. In this section, uh, God uses the power of a whirlwind and challenges Job's questions of his justice. In this section, we, we understand that believers must be careful to avoid viewing God as unfair and unjust. In verses 10 through 14, we've entitled that save yourself with a question mark. In this section, God challenged Job that if he were truly more knowledgeable and just in God, then he should put, be able to adorn himself with splendor, put down the wicked, and save himself from calamity. The main point here is that only God has the wisdom and power to rule over his creation. Mike, this, uh, this section of Job always fascinates me when God interrupts. Um, and so uh, one thing I would, I would like for us to start off with is what can we learn from the way God questions Job here in this passage? Yeah, and just a you know, review of where we've been. You know, Job, the book of Job is just a series of dialogues. Uh, first, first between, you know, the first couple of chapters between the Lord and Satan, and then, you know, the, the bulk of the book between Job and his friends. And then finally here, uh, in the last chapters, the uh, dialogue between the Lord and Job. And so God speaks to Job out of this whirlwind, really in chapters uh, 38 to 41 is, is where God is speaking to Job. So up, up to this point, uh, it's been Job questioning God. And even making accusations against God. Job even claimed that God was ignoring him. God wouldn't answer him. In Job 30, verse 20, Job says, I cry out to you for help, but you don't answer me. When I stand up, you, you merely look at me. 
uh, and so he's claiming, he'd, or he claimed that uh, God, not only would God not answer him, but he even accused God of having wronged him uh, when he cried out to God, he couldn't find any justice uh, with God. Uh, and, but now, you know, it's, it's God's turn. It's the Lord's turn uh, <laughs> to ask Job uh, some questions um, to speak. And so in the Lord's uh, really two speeches in chapters 38 to 41, God asked Job more than 70 questions in, in these chapters. Job could not answer a single one of them. And, and essentially his response was in, in chapter 40, verse 4, and I paraphrase, his response was, I'm too small, you're too big. You know, I cannot, I don't have an answer because I'm so small, I'm so in, insignificant, and you are, you're too big for me to, you know, fathom your, you know, your wisdom. So God's wisdom, God's power were beyond anything that Job could comprehend or, or imagine. Uh, like, not, like in Isaiah, my thoughts are not your thoughts, your ways are not my ways. Uh, so, and I think it's significant here that God never specifically answered Job's questions. The specific questions that Job had asked, God did not answer those questions specifically because Job did not need understanding. He needed to learn to trust God. That, that was his need, not for understanding, but to trust. How does a person's definition of fair get in the way what are the dangers of accusing god of being unfair uh yeah that's that's a good one um i think uh I, i'd say you know job's definition of fairness definitely changed um through the book it changed it was changed by what he lost and then what he gained when god revealed himself to to job here at the end um, as I mentioned, you know, a second a minute ago, that Job had accused God of, of wronging him. Um, he, and he's, he had said, you know, I, I call out for help and there's no justice, he, he, you know, Job said in chapter 19, verse 7, I think. So here, you know, you come to chapter 40 and God's point that, that you know, that to Job, the point he's making is that when, when Job challenged God's justice and fairness, he was talking, Job was talking about things he couldn't even begin to understand. But Job didn't have any idea what it means to, to execute justice. He didn't know, he didn't even know what that really means, and he certainly didn't have the power to do it. And I think, you know, for us, that our, our, fair, our definition of fairness, our definition of what's fair, uh, and maybe, maybe this is, you know, like Job too, but our, our definition of fairness is often based on this incorrect assumption that when everything is going well for us, when we have everything we want or think we deserve, then life is fair. And so it, when things are not going well for us, we're prone to think like Job thought. Well, God, however we define going well. Yeah, however you define that. If it's going well, then, you know, that's fair. But uh, when things are not going well, then God, you somehow you've missed the mark here. There's no justice. And that's what Job was saying. There's no justice. So the danger for us is that we may assume to know more about fairness than God knows, which is ironic because in reality, our notion of what justice is comes from God. There would be no sense of justice without God. And the danger is that we, we think we know how God needs to do his work in, in, in the world and, and in our lives, but we can never measure 
justice or, or the, the fairness of, of God's work in our lives by our circumstances. I think that's what Job teaches us. And it's important to be reminded again, I've said it and you know, I've said it several times you know, and here maybe that, that God never explained the meaning of Job's suffering. God is God. He doesn't owe us an explanation for all that he does. But Job came to know who God is through his struggles, even though he didn't understand God's ways. And that's what's significant. So there's times we're going to feel mistreated. Yeah. Uh, how should we respond to those times based on what we learn here from Job? Well, we, we can learn from the example of Job to bring our questions and our doubts to God. And God's not afraid of our questions. Um, the issue is not whether we will ever have questions or doubts, because you know, we will. The, the issue is what are we gonna do with those when, when we have them? What do we do with our questions? So it's not wrong to bring our questions to God unless, we, unless we're insisting that God justify himself to us. Uh, that's, 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 that's a danger. We, we may question how God rules his world. Uh, you know, we may you know, have questions about that, but we don't have any justification to, to demand God explain himself to us. Uh, he doesn't owe us an explanation. Oftentimes, children will ask their parents, you know, parents, why? You know, you know, those why questions you get from kids when they're told to do something, you know, why? Yeah. And, and there's not, there's nothing necessarily wrong with that unless the child's question reveals a heart of, 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 of rebellion or their actions are disobedient. But, you know, just to ask why in and of itself, there's nothing wrong with that. And sometimes the parent's explanation, I told, because I told you so, sometimes that, uh, that needs to be enough. Um, so, you know, I think most of the time, most times, uh, the proper response to, to God's ways and, and God's work that we don't understand is, is not to question him, but just to fall silent before him, you know, just to be silent before him. And, you know, like the psalmist, Psalm 4610, just be still and know that I'm God. And to be still, uh, it means just to rest to rest in who he is. When we don't understand what's going on, when we feel like we're mistreated, you know, just rest in who he is and, and trust him, trust so, him. When you were our guest uh, for session one, we looked at the, those, the two questions that Satan poses here, which was, is God worthy of worship for who he is? Or is he worthy of worship only because what we get out of him. And the second question was, is it possible for those who belong to God to remain faithful to him in the midst of great suffering? But we could expand that second question. Uh, or is it possible for those who belong to God to remain faithful to him regardless of what's going on in their life? Yeah. And when I, when we were been studying Job and thinking about Job, I've been struck by uh, the truth that really there is, there's never an answer given to Job. No. As to why or anything. It's it, the answer is I'm God. Just keep trusting me. Yeah. That's, that's all you need to know is I'm God. And even when we think we're mistreated, which I'm, we'd have to think based on what Job says in this book that he felt mistreated. Mm -hmm. uh, but we'd have to come to the conclusion that God still says, trust me. Yeah. And it just doesn't matter what else is going on. Yeah.
we see we see in this passage Job being confronted by God. What are some ways God confronts us today? Yeah, the Lord says, the Lord answered Job from the whirlwind. Now, we probably don't need to make too much of this, the whirlwind. I don't think that's what's important here. What's significant here is that God spoke to him, that God answered him. Um, it's significant that, that the Lord didn't remain silent, that God did speak. And it's also significant that God always has the last word. You know, God, it's kind of like God is sitting back and he's letting all these these characters in the book, you know, have have their say and, and, and you know, talk and and say all these things. And, you know, when they've had all their say, then God, God has the last word. Um, so God answered Job. He didn't have to answer Job, but he did because God wants us to know him. I, I would imagine there were times when God's sitting there listening to this conversation. He's thinking, you got to be kidding me. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, the fact is that God answered Job because God has, has a desire for us to know him. Therefore, he speaks to us. He reveals himself. And, and God, in Scripture, you know, just look in Scripture, there's so many different ways that God uh, spoke uh, to his people, to uh, Jacob in a dream or Moses in a burning bush or to Elijah in a still small voice, to Isaiah in a vision, to Balaam, even through a donkey, to Zacharias and Mary through an angel, you know, what is this, you know, Hebrews says that long ago, God spoke to the fathers by prophets at different times in different ways. He, he spoke in different ways. Now, today, God speaks. And, and the way that God speaks, the way that God confronts us today is, is through his word, through his infallible word. And, and every truth claim today has to be evaluated by his written word. You know, that's, if you want to know what God is saying, uh, open his word. God, God is speaking to you right there. And his word says in Hebrews is sharper than any double-edged sword. And God confronts us through his word, through his written word. Can't also, you know, also can't, um, you can't forget that God speaks to us through his Holy Spirit. Um, that through his spirit, he convicts us, he guides us into all truth. Uh, you know, one other thing I'd mention, though, is because um, you, this is an important point to make in light of Job, that God sometimes speaks to us through fellow believers. He speaks to us through, through, through other believers. You know, God can use people to speak his truth into our lives. But, but in light of Job, my point in light of Job is that not every voice that claims to speak for God or claims to speak truth is speaking God's truth. And, you, and that's, that's Job's friends, you know, that's, you see that in Job's friends who had all, all these things to say, you know, they, they, had, they had all the answers. Uh, but in the end, what does God say, you know, to them um, or to his friend, Job's friends? He says, I'm angry with, with you and your friends for you've not spoken the truth about me. Uh, we, we saw that when we were looking at Elihu. I mean, he, he applies truth correct or he states truth correctly but misapplies it to to job in this context yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so i think my point is yes god god does speak to us through other believers um through trusted mature believers but um not every voice who claims to speak for god is speaking for god and and if we really if you want to know what god is is saying um you know open his word 
um, and, and evaluate every truth claim through his word because God is speaking to us through through that. It'll be consistent. Yes. And, and with nothing, the Holy Spirit. Yeah, and nothing, you know, he, he will never contradict what he had said in his word. You mentioned several different things about ways God communicates in the personal study guide, or excuse me, in the in the leader guide and in the leader helps in the daily discipleship guide. But we're encouraged to look at uh, the burning bush, Gideon and the fleece, uh, and then the whirlwind here in chapter 38 and following. Uh, and then uh, for, for our, uh, the suggestion is for us to look at those, those three events and consider ways God communicates and confronts us today. But you mentioned some other, other examples and some things I thought about too is handwriting on the wall and other, there's other things, other ways yeah. God communicated in scripture. Yeah. In using that that teaching step, one way we could do that is share those those events, the burning bush and Gideon and the fleece, as noted in the the plans, and then ask for the group to share other examples. You shared several in your list that weren't included here in this passage, and I have two. Allow them to share those things, and then go to the Hebrews one one through three passage, noting how Jesus and the Holy Spirit uh, are revealed to us, uh, and then from there make the points about the word the holy spirit and believers knowing that god's word trumps everything mm -hmm. yeah. uh, and that would be one way we would use this idea when we're teaching this particular session uh, mike are there other key words key thoughts key ideas you would have uh us to to focus on as we prepare for our session six no nothing nothing new really just you know the, the point here i mean i think the important point here um, is and this is seen all through the book of Job. God is good. God is wise. God is powerful. God is just, and He can be trusted. And I think that's the, that's the theme that, that we want to see, and that's the theme we want to make as we teach this lesson. God can be trusted. Important for us to keep that in mind. Yeah. Uh, before we go, let me remind you about extra, in which we identify a current news event and describe a way of using that news event to introduce and conclude the group time. The file is free and it works with the group plans in the adult leader guide or the leader helps in the adult daily discipleship guide. You can find these ideas on the Explore the Bible website by typing the following in your web browser. GoExploreTheBible.com forward slash leader extras, and there's no spaces in that. It's GoExploreTheBible.com forward slash leader extras. Mike, thank you for being with us today. And let me thank you out there for listening to us today. We hope you will encourage other teachers to tune in next week. We're going to be concluding our study of Job. We'll be looking at session seven. We're looking at Job 42. And Michael Kelly will be our guest.